Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. We're so glad that you are here today. We are continuing our series called Get Dressed. And uh, as I begin this series, I want to ask you uh, a question that I, I have to be honest with about myself, and maybe you'll be honest as well. But was there anybody besides me that when you were younger, you just had like a, a really huge imagination, and sometimes that turned into daydreaming? Anybody besides me? Okay, okay yes. There's about you know, half of us that say that. The other half, you're boring people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we actually, you know, when I was um, in school, that's one of the things I got, you know, in trouble for. Of course, the ADD and all that stuff, they didn't really realize how powerful that was when we were younger. And so, um, so anyways, I, would, I rode more motorcycles in the fourth grade and fifth grade when I was, uh, you know, in elementary, third and fourth grade during class time. You know, while well, the teacher was saying, get this, in my mind, I was riding motorcycles, you know. I remember it so vividly. Uh, but anyway, our imagination when we are children is awesome, right? I mean, it, tells, it gives us all kinds of possibilities. Like, you know, that's where children begin to think about, you know, being firefighters and, you know, police officers or whatever. And, uh, you know, like me, I was riding motorcycles. Or whatever. It was just awesome, you know, I could, I didn't have the motorcycle, but I was dreaming that I, daydreaming I was about what I was wanted. And so it's just like impossible. Then it's all kinds of good thoughts. Well, the problem is, is that when we grow up, our imagination doesn't go away. I mean, uh, you know, that's a good thing. It doesn't go away. But most of the time, by the time that we become adults, our imagination begins to do something. It works against us instead of for us. And that means we begin to imagine all these things of how they're going to turn out bad instead of how they're going to turn out good. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? You can, so you've got a good imagination, right? I mean, it, it's like that's where worry comes into play, and that's where fear comes in. And fear is your enemy, by the way. Fear is the enemy to life. And so today we want to talk about what the Bible says in this Get Dressed series that we're doing out of Ephesians 6. We want to talk about what it's like to put on the armor of God, the full armor of God. And so this morning, if you, uh, we're talking about the shield of faith. And so if you were just looking on your outline with me, and uh, uh, actually, let me just show you this before we read on the outline, is that the Roman soldiers uh, that Paul, when he was writing what we're about to read, actually had um, uh, a Roman soldier was there with him, and he actually had a shield. It looks sort of like this. this is a picture of the Roman soldier. And you can see he has this huge shield there. And so when Paul was looking at that, the biggest piece of armor that he had to this soldier that was beside him he said, take up your shield of faith. And so the biggest part. Now, what I have here is I have a shield, a Captain America shield, all right? And so, uh, you know, I don't think I would want to go into battle because this is not much bigger than a Frisbee. Uh, but, but, you know, our shield is important. So this morning I have this. This is sort of silly, but to remind you that we have to have a shield of faith. We have to have something to block 
those negative thoughts that come into our minds, that negative uh, thinking and that negative self-talk and that doubt that comes into our mind, we have to use our shield to block that. So the Bible says this in Ephesians 6 and 16. Paul's writing, look at this soldier, and he begins to write. Look what he says. In addition to all this, the thing that we've talked about before, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, he says, take up the shield of faith with which you can what? Shout that word out. You can what? Extinguish. Get rid of, right? Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So anyways, he said these flaming arrows are going to come against us. And today I would like to just point your attention to some arrows that are going to come your way that you are going to need a shield of faith and hopefully your shield will be bigger than this Captain America shield that I'm holding now. That it would be spiritual battle. You know that one of the fiery darts that the enemy throws at us is doubt. Would you agree with that? That he always begins to say, did God really say that? Doubt is an arrow. Another one that we would see that is an arrow is discouragement. Discouragement is an arrow that the devil throws at us, and he would say something, you know, this is never going to change. It's always going to be this way. You know, things can't get better. And so we get discouraged, and that is a doubt, or that's discouragement that the devil throws against us. Another one I would say would be this is difficulty. You know, why is this so hard? When you're going through some trying times, you know, seasons, maybe you can say, why is marriage so hard? Why, why, is, uh, you know, why is raising my children so hard? Why is it so hard, you know, fighting this disease that I have? So when you begin to go through those things, remember, all those things are seasons in your life. They're not there to stay for the rest of your life. It's a season that you're going through. And when you're going through those seasons, it can be difficult. And as soon as those start coming in, the devil just begins to just put all kinds of negative thoughts in your mind. And then the next flaming arrow I would say that is very important to take note of this morning is this, is depression. And depression comes in when you just feel like, you know, I just, I just give up. I just, the feeling of wanting to give up, that I just can't keep going on. And all those are coming in constantly at you and me. And so we must put on our shield of faith, take up our shield of faith, that we may be able to extinguish those things that are coming against us. And so we have to extinguish them because they're going to come our way. So this morning, I'd like to share a couple things with you, and that is this, is that either your faith will extinguish your fear or your fear will extinguish your faith. Amen? So we have to be people of faith. We have to trust God. We have to believe that God's going to do what He says He's going to do. Our shield of faith is that, is that we believe that God can do what He said He can do, and He will do that. And so today we want to hold up that shield of faith. Now let me just tell you this. This issue, either you're going to have faith or fear, and fear and faith will impact your life. It'll impact every area of your life. So if you're, if you're a person that is filled with fear, I'm going to tell you it's going to impact your life in a big way, a very big way. It's going to impact your life. Fear is going to impact your life in such a way that it will infect your, uh, impact your relationships. Because in your relationships, you're not going to, you know, when you walk into a relationship and you have fear automatically in that relationship, like many times I meet people that, you know, are about to get married. They have a, uh, you know, the girlfriend or boyfriend they've been dating, or maybe they're getting remarried and, they're, and they've had a bad experience in another relationship. And they would come in and, and as we would meet, I can tell that they're already putting up walls because they want to protect themselves in case this person is just like the person that just hurt them before. See what I'm talking about? 
And if you walk in with this fear, then there's no way that you're ever going to know. I mean, there's no way that you're ever going to let that person in and love them. But when you walk in with faith that this is going to work out, you don't sign a prenup. Hello? You don't sign a prenup. I've got to get the people in their booths' attention back there tonight uh, because uh, I, my clock's not working, and I'll be here all day if we don't get that straightened out. So uh, just uh, want to make sure that happens for us. So you see those prenuptial de- uh, agreements uh, that uh, people do. It's fear. Would you agree with that? It's like, you know, just in case I'm out of here. Now, do you think you can really love someone when you walk in with that kind of fear? I met with a, a couple the, a couple weeks ago, and uh, they were about to get married, and, and this person, you know, had a bad experience with his mother. And so he was getting married, and he was talking to this, this young lady who's about to marry. He's like talking so bad about, you know, like he's protecting everything because he was just assured that the woman that he was marrying was going to turn out just like his mother. And that's the only wedding that I've almost canceled right there. Why? Because when you walk in with that kind of fear, there's no way that you can love this person, and there's no way that they can love you back, right? So fear affects our relationships. It affects our children and so forth. And so I just want to make sure that you understand that. So on the screen, we have this coming up. You ready? Look at this with me. Read, let's read this out loud together. You ready? Everything good you desire is on the other side of your... Do you agree with that? Look at me. As your pastor, I'm going to tell you, that's one of the key things I've discovered this last year. Everything good that you desire is on the other side of your fear. My question to you this morning is, what are you afraid of? And here's what I want to tell you. We're going to face that fear with a faith that we're going to walk into this, that God is going to take care of what we need. Amen? I said amen? Amen. God's going to take care of what we need. So here we go. So here's four pillars of truth. You're going to recognize them if you're around SEC, but here's four things I want to share with you. My faith grows when I... Here's four things. Number one is that my faith grows when I, number one, connect with God and His family. Would you write that down? My faith grows when I connect with God and His family. So just like a chair that you're sitting in has four legs, if you want your faith to grow, here's four things today. Number one is connecting with God and His family. And let me just say, look at what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Pray. Don't worry. Pray. So what he was saying is, when prayer goes up, worry comes down. Let's just do that together. Okay, you ready? Come on, let's say it again. You ready? When prayer goes up, worry comes down. All right, I got about 75%. Let's try 100% this time. You ready? Here we go. Let's do it again. You ready? When prayer goes up, worry comes down. When worry goes up, it's usually because prayer's down. That was worth you even coming for today, wasn't it? I mean, I'll just say, I mean, if you don't get anything else today, that was like, oh, check the box. I'm good. So everything else from this point on is a bonus. When, we're, when prayer goes up, worry comes down. And when worry goes up, that means that prayer's down. That's the indicator. It's the thermostat in our life that that is happening to us. He says, so, he says, so pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And so he said that prayer is number one. So prayer is the way that we connect with God. That's why when prayer goes up, worry comes down. But the other thing we're to connect with is God's family. 
We're to connect with God's family. You know, that big Roman soldier that you saw on the screen, how he had that big shield. You remember seeing that big shield? Well, I want to tell you something. That big shield was made to interlock together so that when they, when they would go into battle, the, the Romans would go into battle, that they would be side by side, and when they went in, all those arrows would be flying at them. You know, they start shooting the arrows before they would get there. Well, the way they'd protect themselves, they'd lock their shields together, and they'd make a big wall as they walked across a desert land or wherever they was going to fight the battle, and those arrows would just hit their, hit their shields. It wouldn't hit them. It would be a wall, a solid wall connected together, a moving wall going across there. And that's why the Bible says, look, Jesus said it's important for us to come together, connect together. Look what Jesus said. Matthew 8, 18 and 20 says, For where two or three are what? Gathered together. What does that mean? That means you, when you get together, we're like locking arms together, isn't it? It's like our shield of faith are connecting together. That means that I'm, I'm getting a little strength off of your faith and you're getting a little strength off my faith. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You see, when, when God is in a, when, when we come together, where people of faith come together, our faith locks together, and God said, Jesus said, I'm right in the middle of all that. And this is what we understand at SEC. When you get God's presence, get in God's presence, you experience God's peace. You experience God's peace, and then you get to witness God's power. When we come together, we lock together our faith. When we come together, we experience God's presence. We experience God's peace, and then we get to witness God's power. In the Old Testament, there's a story that I love. It's one of my favorite. When I was a little kid, I heard this in, in church, and maybe you heard it too. It's about three Hebrew boys called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, I don't, I, don't ask me to spell those names, but anyways, I remember them. You know, anybody else remember that story? You know, there was a story in the Bible about how in the book of Daniel how that this king wanted all the Jewish people to bow down and worship the statue of him. And there was three Jewish boys decided that they were not going to do They stood together. There were three of them. They stood together. When everybody bowed, they would not bow. And the king ticked him off, made him mad. He said, I'm going to show you. And he, he went over and he said, you know, there's a fire over here where we usually burn, uh, burn gold down, you know, make it pure, and, and we have for bricks and making mortar and stuff like that. We usually have a kilt over here that we, we used to, to do all then. But I'll tell you what, if you boys don't bow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heat that thing, that furnace up, and I'm going to throw you in it. And so he gave them another opportunity, and then guess what? They didn't bow. The three of them stood together. They were interlocked with their faith right there in the middle of all those pagan people. And the king got mad, he, and guess what he did? He threw them all in the fire. He threw them in the fire, but the king went over to watch them burn. He's like, you know what, I'm gonna, not am I throwing you, I'm going to watch you burn. And when he looked over, he could see in the fire, and it says this, the Bible says this, that he looked in the fire, he said, didn't we just throw three men in the fire? And they said, yes. He said, why do I see four men in the fire? And, they, and guess what? He, he called it, and then boys walked right back out of that fire. Why? Because their faith together. You see, God is in the middle, just like in that Old Testament story. Right now, don't you know, when we're locked together in our faith, God is in the midst, amen. You may not see him. I may not see him. But those that are against us will see him, amen. Whoo, that's good preaching right there. I know it's better than you thought it was going to be. Yes, I do. You may not see it, I might, but when we come together as people of faith, those around us, they see it. 
And they see God, and they have to know, they know something's different about you. Amen. So today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, that's the first thing you need to do. Why? Because you can't stand on the outside and get what we got on the inside. Good grief. Somebody write that down. That's good. I just, man, it's just good today. Thank you. You just can't, you know, too many people stand on the outside trying to get what we got on the inside. No, until you cross the line, you'll never get it. You know, I can tell you how good chocolate cake is all day long, baby, but until you take that fork and, and you dip it in and you put it in your mouth, you're never going to know. You only are going to imagine. I'm telling you, with Jesus Christ, you have to say, Lord, become the Lord of my life, Jesus, and save me. And then you make the connections, right? Amen. I want to challenge you today, if you've not made that decision to become a Christ follower, then inside of your program, there's a prayer that it will help lead you in that decision so that you can quit standing on the outside and you can begin living on the inside with the other believers and find that strength. Amen. Just turn to your neighbor and just tell them it's good already. Just go ahead and tell them that, all right? All right, it's good already. Okay, so the first thing is that we want to, if my faith grows when I, number one, connect with God and his family. Number two is this, is my faith grows when I grow in God's character. Grow in God's character. Again, these are the things that's going to hold your faith up, just like that chair is holding you up with four legs. This is it. Look what Jesus said again. Jesus said this in John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the what? Truth. Now, let me just say this before we go on. And the, well, let me just read them. And the truth shall make you free. All right? Here's what I want you to know about the truth. First of all, I want you to know that before you come to the truth, the truth will make you mad and make you miserable, right? And so we, have, we understand that that's what the truth... But the tr what does the truth do? When you accept the truth, the truth brings a change, right? All of a sudden, when you say, okay, I... I, I understand that that's the truth, so when you accept the truth, all of a sudden you begin to change. And when you begin to change, guess what? All of a sudden, it brings struggles into your life, right? Because everybody around you, they knew you as this person without the truth. But once you embrace the truth, then they start seeing you in a whole different light. And so that might bring a few struggles into your life. So why is it that people like maybe sometimes write you off when you become a person of faith? One is because, you know what? You've accepted the truth. Your life has begun to adjust to the truth. And if they're not on this side of the truth, they don't like the truth. And you remind them of the truth. And therefore, you make them miserable. So what I'm saying is that when we accept the truth, we can expect some persecution and we can expect some struggles, right? But it's good to be on the right side of it, isn't it? Okay, I'm about to press you about the truth, aren't I? You're like, dear God, don't tell me all that. I don't want it. You see, the problem is this. In our culture today, we have to, many people, you know what many people do? Many people doubt their beliefs and believes their doubts. But what God's called us to do is to believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts, right? That's what we do as Christ's followers. You know, I read a bumper sticker one time. Maybe you read this one too. It's coming up on the screen. Let's read it together. You ready? Let's read it together. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Now, that sounds real good, doesn't it? I mean, like, that sounds like a great Christian motto. But I would tell you something's wrong with that bumper sticker. Is that, you know what? God said it. That's the truth, right? That settles it, period. Whether I believe it or not. 
So you could take that phrase out, I believe it. Because it does, truth is truth whether you believe it or not, whether I believe it or not, right? What God says about sex is true whether you believe it or not. Whether I, what God says about money is true whether you believe it or not, or whether I believe it or not. It does, truth, doesn't, truth doesn't hang in the balance whether I believe it or not. It's true. If God said it, that settled it. Boom, it's done, right? And that's the faith that we have as believers. That's the shield of faith. And that's what we have to let our, our imaginations, our minds begin to run to. Instead of running to doubt and darkness and fear, like, what, oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? No, believing that what you, cannot, what you cannot see physically is something that's going to happen that's going to be good. You see it in your mind. Picture things that are going to happen good. Amen? All right. So here's what I'd like you to do. The next step, it says this. I will, I will make reading or listening to God's Word a daily priority. It's on your connection card, by the way. Would you do that? You say, Pastor Jeff, why do you always want me to read the Bible? Why do you want me to, make, to listen to it or read it daily? I'll tell you why. Here's, what I, here's why. It's because, when, you know, if you don't know the truth, you can't live by the truth. You, you're going to live by something. Something's going to guide your life. And if you don't know the truth, you can't live by it. And I don't want you to take my word for it. I appreciate all those nice things that Chesney said about me, uh, you know, before the service, I, uh, before the, uh, you know, I come out. I appreciate that. Matter of fact, I paid her 20 bucks to do it. She did good. <laughs> Just kidding. I appreciate all those things she said about that, you know, my character. I appreciate that. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to God's Word, don't take my word for it. You've got to check it out yourself. Because then you'll know the truth. It ain't hearsay anymore, is it? It ain't my pastor says, no, no, no. God says. Because if it's my pastor said, guess what? There's a lot of question marks behind that. But when you say God says, that settled it. Boom, it's done. He's the authority. All right, so number three. My faith grows when I, number three, serve in God's church. Serve in God's church. This is the, this is the third pillar. If you want your faith to grow, remember, the reason we want our faith to grow is because doubt, discouragement, all those delays are coming our way. And when they come, we've got to be like those Roman soldiers, got to have our shield up when those arrows are coming. And our minds, we said our minds, our imagination begins to run in the wrong direction. And when our imagination goes in the wrong direction, we get worried and fret and fearful, and it, it kills our relationships. It makes us not be a loving person. It makes us harm the relationships that we have. It affects us more than just spiritually. And so, number three is serving God's church. Galatians 6 and 9, Paul writes this. Again, the guy that's writing about the armor of God writes this as well. Look what he says. He says, let us not become weary in doing what? Doing good. Don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not what? Okay, so he said you've got to do good and you can't quit doing good. Most people, when, listen, we don't mind doing good as long as everybody else is doing good to us, right? But the problem is, is when, when, we're, when we do good and it seems like nobody else is doing good, then we don't want to do good anymore, do we? Oh, boy, everybody just left me here by myself. Is that just me? I mean, I don't mind doing it. If we're, you treat me good, I treat you good, we're good. But, you know, I'm treating you good, you treat me bad, we're not good. See what I'm talking about? And so, and so what I have to work on is I have to work on doing good when everybody else isn't doing good. And that's hard to do, isn't it? 
He said, but Paul said, don't become weary in doing that. He said, therefore, if, if, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Would you shout out that next word? Especially to those who belong to who? You know what that means? That means I'm to be good to people in the world, but I'm especially to be good to you. Do you know, do you know that as a, fam- as a part of this family, you and I, the people around you, as a part of the body of Christ, when you carry his name, that that means that you go up in priorities of me being good to. Do you know that? You go up. So when you become a part of the family of God, that means, you know what, I can board a, a plane and fly to Korea. Get off the plane at Korea. And if there's another believer over there, automatically, when I get off and I find a Christ follower, guess what? I already was elevated in their, in their eyes and in our relationship. Because we're to do good, especially those in the body of Christ. And I want to tell you something I found out. It feels good to do good. Amen? You want to, you want to quench some fiery darts of the enemy? You want to raise your shield of faith? You know what? You can be depressed. You can be down and discouraged. But the best thing you can do to raise your shield of faith is get out and do something good for somebody else. Amen? And that's why we have a church family. That's why Jesus created the church, so that you would have opportunity every week to do something good for somebody else. It feels good to do good. If you're depressed, get out and do something good for somebody. Walk through your neighborhood. Pick up a piece of paper out of somebody's yard. It'll feel good. It feels good to do good. It feels good to do good. And I would say this to you as well is that inside of our uh, program, there's a sheet that I had up here somewhere. Oh, here it's on the floor. We're having that carnival next Sunday. We're probably going to have the highest attended day next Sunday outside of maybe Easter and Mother's Day. There's going to be all these people here that's going to bring their kids here. They're going to have a, we're going to have a carnival after our third service, Chesney told you. And we're providing you an opportunity to be Jesus to those little children. You know, when they come with their parents, their parents are going to be trying to hold their hand. And, you know, but we're going to have all kind of games and stuff out here for them to play. We're going to serve hot dogs. Some of you are going to cook hot dogs. Some of you are going to pop popcorn. Some of you are going to lead a horse around. Some of you are going to bend over for 45 minutes and pick up a bean bag and hand it back. But you're going to do it in the name of Jesus. And when you do that, you're not doing it for that child. You're not doing it for that parent. You're doing it for Jesus. And he says, when you do something like this for the least of these, You've done it to me. And guess what? When you do things for Jesus, he rewards you, right? When you, when you do it with that motive. And so I want to challenge you today. Is I, I ask you to serve. Listen, come out and serve next uh, Sunday. Just check the box here. You know, for 45 minutes, that you say, hey, I can give 45 minutes of my life next Sunday that other people might have an opportunity for a better life. Would you just do that? before? You, would you make sure to fill this out? And, and before you go, drop it in the offering bucket as it comes by. There's people that struggle with, uh, struggle with depression. And the thing I say is get out and do something good. Why? Because it feels good to do good. Let's say that together. You ready? Come on. It feels good to do good. One more time. You ready? It feels good to do good. Okay, number four, the fourth leg in our chair. Because listen, I take one of those legs out under you right now in that chair. You're, you're going to the ground. You're going, you're going, I don't care, you know, you got three good legs, but it takes four to grow your faith. Four, connecting with God and his family, 
Growing in God's character, serving in God's church, and then the fourth one is this. Can anybody guess what it is? I love you so much. You, I love you. There you go. Share. Share God's message. Share God's message. Look what again what First Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter writes. He says, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will do what? Reward you. So why are you scared for doing what's right? God will reward you. He goes on to say this, So don't worry or be what? Be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship. So you notice that. Don't worry, be afraid, you must worship. Christ is the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, you must always be ready to explain it. Now see, God is putting people in your life right now that have got one or two things. Matter of fact, I put this on the screen. This is a real good one. Why don't we just read this as coming up on the screen together? You ready? Let's read it together. The way I live will make people question my faith or have questions about my faith. Whoa, that's a double barrel right there, isn't it? See what I'm talking? Did you just get what, what I just said? Either they're going to, if the way I live is going to, if he was going to say, hmm, you're a Christian? Hmm, questioning my faith. You're a Christian? I didn't know they did that. Or it's going to make, the way I live is going to make people ask questions about my faith. So how do you get this strength? How do you stand up under this pressure? How do you keep smiling? See what I'm talking about? The way I live is going to people, make people either question my faith or have questions about my faith. Now, let me just say this to you. Social media is good right now. I mean, like, social media is, like, huge. Matter of fact, I would say the majority of people here have a Facebook page. That's awesome. I'll just say this. Just, and when you're Facebook, just remember this on Facebook. People are looking at what you do on social media. Don't be janky. Okay, I don't even know if that's a word or not, but that's all I can... Don't be janky, right? So it is now, right? It's a word. We got it at SEC. Don't be janky. That means that, listen, you know what? Hey, you know, I see people like trying to find a man on Facebook, and, and they put all these janky clothes on. If you dress... Hey, listen, if you're taking pictures of yourself and putting it on Facebook, and you look like a prostitute, guess what you're going to get? A pimp. Did he say that? He did it. He did. I sure did. You know why? Because I love you. Listen, modest is hottest. You know what? I, listen, when you, when you, never mind, I can't say that. I can't say that. I can't say that. I do have a filter. It's a little one, but I got one. I just want to tell you, be careful about that stuff. Listen. Not just by the dress code, but what you say on there matters. Listen, you should think, before you go blasting somebody, before you go blasting, you know, maybe you had bad service at a restaurant. Don't go blasting. Maybe, maybe you had a bad, some of your neighbors, something going on there. Don't get on there and say, some people this and some people that. They know who you're talking about. Don't do it. Do good, do good, do good, do good. Do good. Now, I'll tell you what will help you, maybe is that on Sunday mornings you check in at SEC. When you come to church, you know it's good that when you go on your Facebook page, you check in. You know why? 
because there's people that are working around you, that are living around you, that have no idea that you go to church, and they're looking for one. And when they go on Facebook and they see you checked in, they get a chance to ask you about your faith. So it's good for you on Sunday mornings. When you come here, just check in. I know some of you are checking in right now. That's okay. Go ahead. I don't care. Check in. Social media will get you. Remember, our shield of faith. Remember what we're trying to fight? Remember that imagination we talked about? How that imagination can go the wrong way causes worry. But when we, when we have faith, we begin to see something that's going to be better. We don't know what. It's going to be better. Like right now, you know, Rhonda and I have two houses. And uh, that means we have two house payments. And so, you know, we're trying to get one. We're doing this fixer-upper deal. I told you about that. She, I don't know how she got me into this. I just don't know how it happened. But anyways, I'm in it. And uh, so anyways, and so you know what? We're getting this house ready, and we're trying to sell this house. And so right now, someone asked me, they said, aren't you really, really concerned? I said, no, because I know that God's got the timing. See, we don't want to move into a rental property. We want to move straight from this house to this house. And so everything's got to work out in God's time, not my time, right? And so I'm just going to trust God, and I'm going to come back and tell you, okay, it happened. We have a contract that I can tell you. The last nail will be driven on that Friday. We move in on that Saturday. Hallelujah. All right, yes. Here's what I want to tell you. Worry over, uh, worship over worry. Look at this. Worship over worry. Either you're going to worship or you're going to worry. That's what he says in the verse. He says, he says, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. So it's always the equation. If you, want to, if you want to take fear down in your life, remember we said when prayer goes up, worry goes down. When praise goes up, worry goes down. Worship over worry. Always, never worry over worship. And I, when you start getting on the inside all anxious and you don't know what to do, I can tell you it's a time to do a check and say, okay, am I worshiping, am I praying, or am I worrying? It reminds me of a story that I read this week of a, a guy by the name of Bill Tucker. Bill was 16 years old when his father suffered a major health crisis. His dad was an entrepreneurial kind of guy and always had his hands in some business. But his, he had a health crisis. He couldn't work. His family suffered financially, to say the least. They didn't know where their next meal were coming from. It was that kind of bad. And so they, as they lived through that season, his dad began to regain his health. He began to get better. And his dad saw uh, an opportunity. He heard about there was a local movie theater that was reupholstering all the chairs in there. And his dad didn't know anything about it, but he said, this is a great opportunity for us to make money and get back on our feet. So, so he began to ask people how to do it. And he went out and he put a bid on that, that contract to get all that reupholstering business. And he won the contract. So anyways, he had to go out and buy a machine. He didn't have the machine to do it. So he went, he found a machine that, uh, that he could buy to, to reupholster all those chairs. So Bill and his dad went out to, they went and they scraped every dime they had, their, every bit of savings they had, all that they could get. And they went and meet the man to get the machinery. It was an exciting day. Bill said as they were driving, his dad was saying, son, it's going to be a better day. It's going to be better. You know what? This is going to help our family get on their feet. We're going to have things we haven't had. We're going to be able to get back up. I'm so excited. They, lo they get there. They pay the man for the piece of machinery, put it on the back of the truck, and Bill's dad was so excited. He said, Bill, why don't you just drive us home? 
And they just left there, you know, they started driving home, and he was excited, talking about the future. And Bill said, I don't know what happened being 16. He said, I just went, and I, I went, and I took this turn, and I guess I was going too fast, because when I turned, that machine that we had just spent everything we had for went off the back of the truck, crashed on the ground, went to pieces. He said he stopped the truck and his dad said stop. They, they got out of the truck and he went up there and he was just, he looked and he was just crying because he had, had everything that they had hoped for and dreamed of, of getting better was now on the ground and it was all to pieces. He said, you know, I would expect my dad to say, you, I can't believe you. How could you do this? This is all that we had. There's no, there's, there, all, the, all the money we had is invested here. You, you sorry, you should have slowed down. You drive too fast. You idiot! He said, but in that moment, with everything all to pieces on that ground, me in tears and broken, my dad come over to this, and he's put his arm around me. He said, son, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. There's some of you sitting right here today. If we could just take, a, take a, a, an x-ray machine and go right to your heart, your spirit, we would see that there's a lot of broken pieces all over the ground. Your life seems to be in shambles right now. You can't, this health crisis is kicking your tail. This, this unemployment is kicking your tail. This family crisis is kicking your tail. And you feel like you're in pieces. But I'm here today to tell you your Heavenly Father's here today. And He's reaching His arm out. And you've come to His house today for Him to tell you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Amen? Come on, would you stand with me now? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.